0: Strangers and pilgrims on the earth is a text that I draw your attention to especially tonight now in these verses 13 to 16 you notice something different Paul is no longer speaking about one person these all died in faith he's speaking about a lot of people A body of people, they were persuaded, they embraced, they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims. Now, there's a lot in these verses, but I only want to focus on really one thing. The name that these people take. This body of saints. Here's their identity. They confessed, the text says. Strangers and pilgrims on the earth. That's this body of believers linked to Abraham. They confess, strangers and pilgrims in the earth. Do you hear that confession? The Lord wants you to hear that confession. This body has arms, they embrace. This body has a heart, they believe. This body has eyes. They see things afar off. But they've also a mouth. And they confess. Strangers. Pilgrims. On the earth. They say it with their mouth. Do you hear it? They pronounce it with their lips. For with the mouth. Confession is made. And they confess. And this, this word suggests. An open and a frank confession. A frank acknowledgement. Notice verse 14. They that say such things. There you have it again. The Holy Spirit is reminding us. They say this. They that say such things. We are strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They that say such things are telling us something. They are declaring something. So the Holy Spirit wants you to hear what they're saying. He doesn't just want you to hear what they're saying. He wants you to think about what they're saying and why they're saying it and what it means. What it means. Now this word is very often the response whenever one is asked something. They give a frank response. So it assumes a question. Some sort of question being posed to the people of God. And they acknowledge and are frank in answering that question and confess that they're strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So, so there's a question here implied. It's a kind of a, a, a response that you would give in a court or in a tribunal or, or before important people. Or you're being interviewed and you're asked this frank question. The question being asked is, what are you in relation to this world now? We know you're a Christian. We know that you confess God. We know that you confess faith in God. We know that you believe the promises of God. We know all of that. But what are you in relation to the now, the present, to this world of ours that we are so concerned about? This world that you know we're concerned that we don't destroy in our folly. And we're worried about climate change. And we're worried about these problems. And we're worried about wars. What's your relationship to this world? This present world. This earth. And the answer comes back. We are strangers and pilgrims in it. That's our relationship to it. That's Frank. They didn't say anything But strangers and pilgrims. And I tell you this. I didn't get that out of the blue. They know what they are. They know their identity in relation to the world. To this world we are strangers and pilgrims. Now you know that they are not strangers to God. I once was a stranger to God. Robert Murray McShane said. But after he was converted. He wasn't a stranger to God. But he was a stranger now to the world. Not strangers to God. Not pilgrims. Not journeying away from God. But journeying with God. And to God. And this is what Abraham was. You see this is what has brought all of this in. Because that's what Abraham was. He was a stranger and a pilgrim in his world. And all the saints are. Confessing the same thing as father Abraham. It's what Abel was. And Enoch was. And Noah also was. Abel was a pilgrim. He was a stranger. Martyred. For his unworldliness. Enoch. He was a stranger to the world. He just had his mind in God. He was heavenly minded. He was in another world. And God just said come on into it now. And Noah. He. Refused to be destroyed in the destruction of that world. He was a pilgrim and a journeyer, and he made his way into the ark, and it wasn't hard for him to do because he was a stranger to that corrupt world that he left behind. All of them are strangers and pilgrims. Peter recognized the dual name of believers. Whenever he writes to trade believers in his second or sorry, his first epistle to Peter. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 11. He addresses them as beloved. Their dearly beloved. Beloved by God and beloved by, by Peter. And he says, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Do you see that? All the people of God are always confessing this. It's not new. Well known. I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Abstain from fleshly lusts. He actually started that epistle, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. He says, to the strangers, that's the word pilgrims, to the pilgrims scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, and so on, so on. And he says, pass the time of your sojourning here, your pilgrimage here in fear. So he, he addresses this, this epistle and he addresses it to, to strangers and pilgrims. To the people of God scattered in the persecutions that they're facing. To the pilgrims. This does not appear to be a name that the world give Christians. This is a, a, a word that the Christians themselves have adopted. And they got it from the Old Testament. So now clearly then we have to do a word study here, don't we? If believers confess this dual name, these two names, then we are going to have to understand them. We're going to need to know why they take these names and what these names mean in their lives. You need to know your identity in this world. Hebrews is an epistle to strangers and pilgrims. In fact, I believe that's why it got the name, the Epistle to the Hebrews. The, the title is not inspired. It wasn't written by Paul himself. It was, as it began to copy the letter and spread it abroad, to put a wee tag on it, a title, Epistle to the Hebrews. Now, some think that it was Jewish believers who were converted. I, I think not necessarily. The, the title reminds us of Abraham. He was, he was the first of the Hebrews from the far country, from afar, from across the river, on on a pilgrimage, the stranger in Canaan, and all Christians are like him. We're all Hebrews. We're all on pilgrimage through the world. We're all scattered abroad, in a sense. We're not at home here. So the, the title describes the identity of the people. Are the apostles writing to? And this is it strangers and pilgrims like that Hebrew Abraham. And the apostle now is identifying the link with Father Abraham, and it's not physical by DNA. As you see through this chapter, it's the link of faith. The DNA of the church is faith. Faith in Christ, that's what unites us. Christ is the true seed and all that have faith in him are the spiritual seed linked to Christ the faith of Father Abraham. The word stranger here means foreigner. Alien. Not so common a word now but in olden times it would describe a foreigner. One belonging to another country but now an this country, where he is not a citizen, not a, not belonging to it, but a stranger, he's passing through it. The Bible has a lot to say about strangers. Even natural strangers. And the Hebrews, they had to treat strangers well. As Christians must do as well. Because they were strangers in Egypt. And Christians are strangers in the world, so we, we know what it's like to be treated as a migrant or a stranger, an alien. And so we know the feelings uh, that people in that position feel uh, when it comes to you know, physical and geographical. But we're talking spiritually, of course. Christians are citizens of heaven. And they belong to heaven. Now, before we were converted, brethren and sisters, we were strangers to God, and we were strangers to the church. Didn't Paul say that? You were without Christ. You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers from the covenants of promise. You were far off. You had no hope. You were without God. But now, no more strangers. No more aliens and foreigners. But now fellow citizens. With the saints. And with the whole family of God citizens, and no more strangers in the commonwealth of God's Israel. He's talking to Gentiles, not just converted Jews. We're no longer strangers to that body that was largely Jewish. But now we've been grafted in. We know the covenants. We partake of the covenants now. We have understanding. The Gentiles have been grafted in. We're not strangers anymore. We're in God's family. But now its tables are turned. We're aliens to the world. Strangers to the world. Foreigners to the world. Outsiders. Who don't adapt. Who don't mix in the culture. Who don't accept the lifestyle. Who don't talk the talk of the world. But who have the language of the heavenly Canaan. The word pilgrim has a similar meaning. Foreigner, stranger. But it has the added image of travel. Journey. Motion and movement. A stranger in transit. A stranger passing through. A stranger on a pilgrim journey. A stranger not for settling down. Not for getting Rooted into the culture and life, but a pilgrim passing through, intending to get rooted into the heavenly city of which believers are citizens. And so they pass the time of their sojourning here, their pilgrimage, in fear, a kind of fear that moved no end of the ark. So they pass their sojourning here with that kind of no affair. The child of God is not only foreign to this world, he's passing through it, going homeward, traveling to his heavenly hope and not for settling. You see, Lot, he's an example of one who ceased the pilgrimage. He started out on the pilgrimage with Abraham, tents like all the rest. But then there was this division and he chose Sodom and he, he went down into the rich valley, pitched his tent, the word Sodom. The next thing we read about him, he's got a big house in Sodom. He's got a family growing up, in they're in Sodom. And when he makes an appeal to his family, nobody, everybody laughs at him, and he talks about the things of God. He's an utter worthy. though, grieved in his heart about the things that were going on in Sodom. But but he still brought his family in. He's settled. He's not on the pilgrimage anymore. The tent has turned to dust and ashes. Whenever God brought them out. tried to encourage them to be pilgrims again. God brought them out. Set them on the journey. Not even his wife could, could start it. She dreaded the thought of a pilgrimage. And she, she looked back. Where her heart was. And she became as hard as stone. That's the contrary. That's the wrong path. Lot settled in. But the people of faith. They journey. They're pilgrims. They're strangers. As I said. They got this name from the Bible. From the word of God. This expression. Stranger. Pilgrim. Abounds in the Old Testament. It was Father Abraham. Who started the confession. Paul's not making this up. You know. He knows his Bible. He studied his Bible to such an extent, to such a degree, that he can reduce it to the practical theology of these few verses. It was whenever Sarah was dead. He come to bury her, Abraham. He had no ground. He never worried about ground too much. He's a pilgrim after all, travelling about and travelling through. But he has to bury his dead out of his sight. He needs some place for her. The land has been promised to him. She'll be raised again. The whole new earth will be hers and Abraham's. There's no question about it. They never enjoyed it then. But they're going to enjoy it. The whole land. The whole land of Canaan. And all the earth. Because God multiplies his promises. All the earth. In the resurrected body. But in the meantime. He has to bury her. And he comes to the the pagans and he says I am a stranger and a sojourner this is where it comes from. Father Abraham I'm a stranger and a pilgrim it's his confession they confess I'm a stranger and a sojourner with you. That's my relationship to you I'm travelling on to the promises of God and to the new heavens and the new earth and the heavenly city that's to come down. That's my hope. But give me a burying place that I may bury my dead out of my sight. So he's very old. His wife is dead. He's still a pilgrim, he's still on the journey. He doesn't say, Now my wife's dead, I'm going to settle down. Now I'm going to bury my wife and I'm going to build a house here and I'm going to settle down. No, he, he doesn't say that. She died in faith. I'm going to die in faith too, Abraham says. So just give me a bit of ground to bury her. I am still a stranger and a pilgrim. I'm not stopping the pilgrimage, even though I have to bury my wife here. I'm not going to stop the pilgrimage for the dead. And the departed. I'm not going to stop the pilgrimage. In sorrow and brokenness of heart. I'm not going to stop the pilgrimage. Because I'm a a widower. He never gives up the name. Stranger and pilgrim. Because God gave it to him. God came to him and said. Thy seed shall be a stranger. In the land. And God came to him and said, The land wherein thou art a stranger. God gave him the name. God said, Abraham, you're a stranger. You're a pilgrim. So he's just confessing what God called him. I don't know where the name Christian came from. There are some that believe it was given by the enemies of God to identify the sect of Christians who followed this Christ. The name is stuck. But I know where we got the name stranger and pilgrim. God gave it to us. God gave it to us. Remember Jacob, Genesis 47 9? He's in Egypt. He said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been and have not attained unto the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. Do you see his language? He's talking to the most important man in the world. This is the head of the world, Egypt. This is a cultured land. This is the king of Egypt with all his class and all his culture. And he says, I'm just a pilgrim. I've been a pilgrim for 130 years. I'm still a pilgrim. I'm journeying. It's an inherited pilgrimage because he's speaking the language of his father. He didn't leave Ur the way his father did. He was converted and brought out. But Jacob was born in the tent. He was born in the covenant lines. He inherited the faith being brought up in it, which is a normal way of coming to the knowledge of Christ for the vast majority of people, and inherited faith in the house. It's an inherited faith. The pilgrimage of my fathers. I'm on the same journey my fathers were on. I'm following in the faith of my fathers. I'm not going to give up the religion of my fathers. It's been a long pilgrimage 130 years. It's been a hard pilgrimage. Evil have the days of the years been. It's been a confessed pilgrimage. My pilgrimage. And it's a continuing pilgrimage. How do I know? Well, you remember whenever Jacob was dying? Before he died, what did he do? He got a staff. He got a staff. The symbol of pilgrimage. He got a staff. He put it up and he leaned on his staff and he worshipped God. Confessing he's a pilgrim to the end. That's why Paul says, These all died in faith. They died in faith. Confessing they were pilgrims even as they breathed their last. This isn't the end. I know this is not the end. There's a resurrection of the dead, there's a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. This is not the end. My whole life has been a preparation for the heavenly. Died in faith. You know, the chief pilgrim is Jesus Christ. There is something for you to think about and meditate on and study. The chief pilgrim is the Savior. Whenever we make the journey until the end, how, how does He meet us? What does He appear with? Rod and staff. He has the symbols of shepherdhood, yes, but also the symbols of pilgrimage. Rod and staff. The Lord's a pilgrim. Indeed he is. And Paul goes on to show this later on in this epistle. And of course he gets that from the Old Testament. Because in Leviticus 25 verse 23. The land is mine. Just as the whole world is mine. And you are strangers and pilgrims with me. Did you hear that right? He didn't just say you are strangers and pilgrims. What did he say? He says you are strangers and pilgrims with me. Is God a stranger in the world? Indeed he is. Jesus Christ was a stranger in the world. No room in the inn. Crucified outside the city of Jerusalem. A stranger. Just a migrant. Despicable migrant. That's all. Foreigner. An outsider. And we are pilgrims with the Lord because the Lord's rejected. And the Lord journeys with us. The Lord's in a tent too, isn't he? Isn't that what they told them? Look, I'm in a tent too. Yes, it's a tent in the middle of all your tents, but I'm there too, in the tent, journeying with you. He's a pilgrim with us. And the greatest pilgrim who ever come to this world was Jesus Christ. He dwelt among us. He pilgrimed among us. He tabernacled among us. He hadn't where to lay his head. That's what this meant in his life. He hadn't even got any money. He journeys. I suggest you meditate on Christ the stranger. Psalm 39 verse 12. David Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear unto my cry. Hold not thy peace at my tears. For I am a stranger with thee. And a sojourner. As all my fathers were. It's all therein contained. The lineage, the inherited faith. As my fathers were. It's passed down through the covenant. As my fathers were. It's been carried on. I'm a stranger and a sojourner like my fathers were. In the faith. And he says, I'm a stranger with thee. Not against thee or or to thee, but with thee. You're a stranger too, Lord. I know that. And I'm with you as a stranger. We're two strangers, Lord, together. Whenever you feel that you're ostracized and rejected by the world, you're not alone. You stand with Jesus, who also was. But this verse in the Psalms particularly shows that the pilgrimage on earth is very hard. Nobody says it's easy. I mean, those people who come over in the boats, those migrants, those strangers, those aliens who come into the land, you know, they're, they're not coming an easy time. They're not coming wanted. They're not coming going to get all the help there is. Despite some people saying that's what they get. It's hard. It's difficult. And it's not easy being a Christian in the earth either. Because you're treated just like that. Give ear on to my cry. Don't hold your peace up my tears, Lord. A stranger with thee. We're both rejected. We're both off ostracized. But you're the Almighty and you can help me. I, I read that description of strangers in the earth at the end of chapter 11. Tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. See it is again: the new heaven, the new earth resurrected body in the land of promise, <laughs> they're not looking for it to last just for a thousand years. They're looking to be resurrected and to enjoy it to all eternity. They're not looking for some wee temporary thing in Jerusalem. They're, they're looking for the heavenly city to come down itself and to fill the new heavens and the new earth. They're waiting the resurrection of the dead. The better resurrection. The tr- cruel mockings of scourgings of bonds, of imprisonment, their stone, there's on zona's under. The wander about in sheepskins and goatskins. They're afflicted, they're tormented, they're destitute. The world isn't worthy of them. The wander about in the deserts, they're pilgrims in the mountains and in the dens and the caves of the earth. That's, that's, that's another description of them at the end. Those are the strangers in the earth. Who of us knows anything about this? You know I was ashamed as I read this. Studied this today. What do we really know about it? Uh, at, the, at the minute the western world. Is nice to the Christian aliens. But, but I, I do say this. It's not, not the case in every part of the world. I tell you there are Christians. In certain parts of the world. And they're displaced. They have the, the word on the other hand. They're persecuted. Their families are scattered. They're treated like the off, off sky, and Some of them are hiding in the mountains and the dens. So they are parts of the word that world. this is literally being fulfilled. And then secondly, we as Christians, while our persecution is low-key and quite silent and just really is prejudices and wanting to remove our liberties and trying to enforce upon us acceptance of their culture. But that will change when he that restraineth is removed and the floodgates open up. The Christian church in the western world may know something more about the end of Hebrews 11 and what it really is to be a stranger in the earth. God's people have burdens to carry in the pilgrimage. And we need the Lord. Psalm 119 verse 19. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. The Hebrew word that commences that verse is Stranger and it begins with the letter Gamal as I said when we went through Psalm 119 and Gamal is the the letter that makes us think of the camel the camel never gets to have a home the camel is the constant traveller through the desert through the wilderness God's people are like that a hard world in the world you'll have tribulation. And we're always hearing God's voice arise, depart. Don't sit with the mockers. Don't stand and have fellowship with the ungodly. Don't settle down into their dens of iniquity. And you get a hard time when you're separate. And you're going to need the Lord. And you're going to need the help of the Lord. And the most important help you're going to need is the word of God. And that's why David says, I am a stranger in the earth. Lord, don't hide your word from me. I need your word. Whatever else I don't see, let me see your word. The worldlings, you see, God's commandments are hid from them. That's the thing that characterizes the world. God's commandments are hid from them. They do whatever they like. That's how the world lives. Without the commandments of God. I'm not for living like that. I'm a stranger on the earth. Don't hide your commandments from me Lord. They're my light. They're what make me different. I want your commandments. That's what separates us you see. Because they don't worry about same sex marriage. Don't worry about the commandments of God. We do. We do. They don't worry about homosexuality. The word of God. We do. We, We worry about that. They don't worry about abortion. We do. It's life. It's sacred. Don't let them ever be hidden from me. I need your word, Lord. I need the guidance. I'm a pilgrim. I need your guidance. I need your word to guide me. I need direction from you. I don't know the way to take through this barren wilderness. Don't hide your word. I need your word. And then in that same psalm, verse 54, psalm 119. Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. He's speaking about his body, some some of the commentators think. The body that he's in presently, this present house that carries me on my journey. He's a traveler. He's a pilgrim. He's a stranger in the world. But he has the Psalms. Yes, the Psalms. My songs. In the house of my pilgrims. In this wilderness world, I have the Psalms. They carry me through. That's why God's people sing the Psalms. Don't mock people who sing the Psalms. Don't mock people who sing Psalms only. Don't think you're wiser than them. Yes, we sing hymns. We allow hymns. We love hymns. We think singing, think singing hymns are signed. But let, let us not be in the battle with those who think differently. And they just love the old psalm. We're not to war with the brethren. We're to war with the world. And we're not going to war war over the songs of our pilgrimage. We need to stand together and to fight the world and not one another. The songs of my pilgrimage, the gift of singing, the gift of singing His Word. That gets me through. You know the old slave. People in America. They had a tough time. But one of the things that kept them going. And got them through was singing. They were great singers. And that's a strength. For the Christian church too. My songs. In the house of my. Pilgrimage. So let us sing and let us pray and let us continue to confess strangers and pilgrims on the earth